This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 92 of the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you with the generous support of Equisketch, Kentucky Performance Products and Equestrian Collections. Chris Stafford, and on the show this week, Shauna Harding joins us, and also in the co-host chair, all the way from New South Wales, Australia, I'm welcoming back Brett Parbury. Brett, lovely to have you back on the show. Oh, Chris, it's always great to be on the show. I, I absolutely enjoy it. Well, as I said, all the way from New South Wales, but just about to jump on a plane, I believe, to head to the Northern Hemisphere to uh, to catch up uh, with Hans Peter and... Uh, Ed Gall and Nicole there, um, we, we, you're good friends as we talked to them recently on the show. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to um, ride my horses this morning and then uh, throw some stuff in a bag and go straight to the airport and, and fly over to Holland. I, um, we have Lord of Loxley over there in training with Edward and um, I'm going back just to, to get familiar with him and to try and work out a, uh, a show plan for the year. So it's just a bit of a, 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 a starting uh, the year off with that horse and trying to work out whether where we're standing going forward into the European summer. Well, I, I guess, you know, spring being upon us, hopefully the weather will be warmed up a little bit by the time you get to the Netherlands. But I have to pick yeah. up on something you just said there, Brett, because I think that's another difference between men and women. <laughs> women, women pack... Men throw some things in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm notorious for it, I can tell you. I, I, it's like somebody's pushed the fast-forward uh, button on my video player, and I'm living life in fast-forward at the moment. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, well, you had a busy I, weekend, what, didn't you? Didn't you have a competition down there? Yeah, I, I had a crazy week. I did uh, Last week I did the, the New South Wales eventing squad uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday night, I loaded my horses and drove out to Orange to a competition, five hours. Uh, arrived there middle of the morning. Uh, the next day, competed, drove back to Sydney, which was a three-hour drive back to Sydney for an awards dinner um, where I won the Rider of the Year. Back in the car, back to Orange, another three hours driving, so I got back to middle of the morning. Uh, next morning, competed again. That night, I announced the program out there at the, at the, at the Orange. It was a CDI two-star. Um, did the announcing uh, the next day came home and yesterday I did a a clinic all day with Boyd XL the, the world champion driver uh, in driving um, together and then today I fly out to to Holland so it's been a crazy week and I can't wait to get on that plane and just put a movie on and turn my mobile phone off Yeah, and sleep probably all the way to Amsterdam yeah <laughs> it's the best way actually to, to do a long haul flight is to have a week like that Absolutely. Well, you mentioned the competition at the at the weekend, but first of all, congratulations on winning the Rider of the Year award. Very prestigious. That that must have felt a great honour for you. Yeah, it, it's always a great honour to win something like that, especially amongst great company. Um, Victory Salute was the winner of the Horse of the Year, and, and my owner and supporter, Carol and Lieutenant, was the owner of the year. So we had a, a clean sweep, and um, it's the second year in a row we've done it, and and it's just uh, it's just just nice to be recognised and for all the efforts that we put in. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned your competition and how much you have to drive 
when you go and you know go to a competition, a clinic, or anything, you you do have to do a lot of travelling. You cover a lot of miles, don't you, Brett? Yeah, that's one disadvantage of Australia is we are all uh, spread out and so remote, and you do do a lot of miles. I mean, the roads are good and the horses are used to it and our equipment's good. It's just, it is a long haul. I mean, you're very seldom travelling any less, anything less than an hour and a half to get to somewhere. I mean, an hour and a half is a short drive for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, how's the weather been? Because I know they've had flooding down in uh, in uh, Victoria. We saw some dramatic show, uh, photos of dressage horses being rescued from the floods down there. Have you had any extreme weather in your neighbourhood? No, luckily we're in the middle. Where so the, the the extreme cyclones and flooding in in Queensland, then followed by this uh, the way the river systems work here. This flooding down into into Victoria. Uh, we've been in the middle, and but it, it's it's not normal. Um, Australia is a land of extremes, and we are used to these things. But yeah, this is this is not normal. So yeah, I'm just hoping that all the horses out there. All the animals are such a, and people are safe and healthy because it's just been a tough start to 2011. It certainly has. Extreme the weather wet. around the world, yeah. actually. Yeah, I mean, here today it's 16, top of 16, which is quite nice. Nice to ride in. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of rain and um, and the whole thing, which uh, I'm going to try to catch up with Laura Beckelsheimer this afternoon, before I fly out this afternoon. She's in town. Uh, she did a master class down in down in uh, Melbourne and now she's in Sydney and she sent me a SMS last night can we catch up and I hope it doesn't interrupt our lunch on the harbour um, that we might have this afternoon we'd like a nice sunny day for that if possible oh very nice and <laughs> uh, yeah I, I envy you that it's, there's no prettier place in the world than Sydney Harbour it, you know yeah. you, you really have some beautiful spots down there I envy you that and some darn good seafood too yeah exactly now we're <laughs> lucky that in that regard all right. Well, we've got a great show this week. As I mentioned, we're going to be catching up with Shauna Harding a little bit later on. She's the winner of the Carol Lavelle $25,000 scholarship there, the award um, that is going to enable her to travel to Europe to train later this year. So we're going to speak with Shauna. But before we go any further, I'm delighted to welcome some new sponsors to the show. Equisketch are going to be joining us. And I was able to catch up with Nicholas and Amber Garcia, who founded the iPhone app. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to have you here and to tell us how this product, how this app came about because, you know, we're all new media geeks over here at the Horse Radio Network and a lot of our listeners, of course, are, are very mobile. They have iPhones and they play with their apps and uh, I know we already have had uh, people tell us that they've, they've heard about this app. So tell us how it got started, Nicholas. Why don't, why don't you tell us how it came about in the first place? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I wanted to get into iPhone and iPad development. You know, I really liked the iPhone since the first day it came out and really spent about a year, year and a half trying to figure out some kind of idea, you know, something that would be a good, useful product. Um, and then Amber started her dressage tests and, you know, I saw her one day on her dressage whiteboard um, drawing out her patterns and I basically asked her, you know, would you use this on an iPad or an iPhone if I made it for you? And it kind of started from there. So took that idea and ran with it and it pretty much grew into from a basic sketchboard to uh, test, um, creating tests, adding them step by step and being able to review them. So, uh, so Amber, you actually knew what you were looking for then with what this app needed to be. Yes, exactly. Uh, are you a dressage rider? 
I am. Oh, dear, you've been bitten by the bug too, have you? Oh, dear. I, I have. <laughs> There's no saving you now, Amber. You know that, don't you? Yes. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your concept then to, uh, when you were thinking, when you were sketching it out on your whiteboard, what, what this uh, app really needed to do? Um, I just needed something that I could have with me. I would carry my whiteboard around with me. Um, and, of course, the iPhone is more accessible. Um, so I wanted something that we could erase easily um, and then also something where, like, we made it to where the horse's footprints can actually go around and it can erase the line um, so you don't see what you've drawn and you kind of have to think about it in your head as to, as opposed to just seeing it written down in front of you. So uh, when, you, when you came up with that, I mean, obviously you needed to be a software engineer, Nick, to, to map that out, how, what those requirements were, and, and, and just put them into, into an app form. In, and now this can sketch, it can animate, it, it, it can do def- different things, can't it? Yeah, that's definitely right. Uh, you know, it started out with just being a sketchboard, and that's how we came up with the name EquiSketch, actually, was uh, we wanted to replace basically your dressage sketchboard. And then it grew much more into that to say, well, instead of just drawing the line on the board, what if we animate the horse? So you draw the path, you hit a play button, and the horse moves along the path. And then what if you hide the path so you can you know, predict what your next step is? And then it just evolved into there to saying, well, what if we add each step one by one, and that way you can study it in kind of a flashcard along with the dressage board and the animations all at the same time. And, and that's where we've seen a lot of value come out is it, is it really promotes that studying habit that um, is both on the dressage websites of, you know, getting 10 sheets of paper and drawing each step one by one and combining it with your, your iPhone. And then being able to share your test with other people really helps um, trainers create one test for their students and then send it to all of them to study. Well, how are you applying this then, Amber? Are you using it at home to to practice? How have you seen its application for the most part and and which uh, level of riders? Is it for all levels of riders? Yes. um, Even our eight-year-old daughter is using this for her intro tests. Um, and even my son likes to play with the whiteboard and see the little horse footprints go around. (laughs) Um, but for me, I use it to study, you know, of course, before I have shows, um, and even just to learn a new test to get it more ingrained into my, my brain. Um, I'll use this to begin with. So it's been really, really nice. So you're appealing to everyone in the dressage world. So all our listeners around the world could, could benefit from this app. Yes, and it's not just the standard tests. You can, you know, of course, make your own freestyle um, tests on on there and learn learn your free tra- freestyle routine. Um, so it's great for everybody. Well, of course, it leads me to the next question, then, Amber. If you can put your freestyle on there, can you in- can you bring in? Maybe this is a tech question, Nick. Can you bring in your music, or is that the next phase of development? Well, so there's nothing to stop you from playing the music, um, you know, start the iPad, the iPod from the phone, play the music, and then switch back to the application. Oh, okay. um, but, but that is something we are looking to, um, some new features we're looking for are things like be able to um, add a song and play it back, as well as, you know, record the steps so that you can possibly have it uh, speak back to you. So you record the steps as it goes through, and then you can listen back to your own recording um, to help you learn the, draw, uh, the test as well. This is way cool, Nick. Do you have fun playing with these apps? Oh, I do. You know, this is <laughs> this this started it all. Um, started with this one, and then we just kind of went off from there. We now have uh, three apps on the store. Um, each of them trying to to basically fill a need that Amber had. Is like, okay, I, we did this one. What's the next one you think you would be useful? 
Right. And just start it from there. Right. So you know, you know what your wish, what her wish list is going to be every Christmas. Then you can anticipate. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> what? Uh, tell us about the other apps that you have. So the second app we had is called EquiSketch Records, and it's basically a management application. It lets you put in any number of horses and track everything from their basic information, um, breed, color, those kind of things, down to uh, medical information, medicines they're taking. Um, it's really cool. It's got a neat feature that will auto-generate reminders for you. So you, you tell it that you know the farrier needs to come out every six weeks, and it knows the last time the farrier came out, and will have a reminder to say the farrier's due again in two weeks or in two days. Um, and then on top of that, you can also track um, any shows and events you attend. So as you're, as you're studying for your dressage test on EquiSketch Dressage, you can go ahead and track what your results were and when those upcoming shows are using EquiSketch Records. That and is then, so cool. <laughs> yeah, and then finally, you know, we just, we just released our third app last, last week called EquiSketch Raining. And it basically takes the dressage concept and applies it to the raining world, in case anybody's interested in that. Very cool indeed. I just love this new technology. So, Amber, what else is in the back of your mind that you're going to be putting on your wish list anytime soon that we can look forward to? Um, I'm not sure. Possibly some kind of jumping app because um, I show jump as well. Um, so we'll see what we can come up with. Terrific. Well, we're delighted to welcome you to the Dressage Radio Show. Thank you so much for your support. And we will look forward to uh, hearing about the app each week with your commercial here on the show. Well, thank you very much for having us. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. Well, our thanks again to Nick and Amber for joining us here and being a valuable part of the Dressage Radio Show. As always, the sponsors make these shows possible, so we're delighted to have them as part of the family here. Well, our news this week, mainly Brett comes out of Neumünster, you know, the Remacra FEI World Cup qualifier that took place in Germany. That was round eight of those qualifiers leading to the finals in Leipzig. And uh, it was a German 1-2-3, Ulla Salzgeber with Herzogsev. She actually won with 81.350. And Isabel Werth with uh, Sachmo came in second on 80.85. And in third place, very impressive uh, ride by Helen Langenhannenberg with Damon Hill NRW on 77.675. And followed by your good friend there, Brett, Hans-Peter Minderhoon, with the mayor, Exquis Nadine, on 77.10. Yeah, that was just round eight. We've got uh, a few more rounds to go, but all the Seltzgabe, of course, is on the top of those standings right now, followed by Isabel and then Adelind and then Hans-Peter. And uh, they're off now to... Um, Gothenburg, that'll be the next round, and then Hetogenbosch before the final. So we're getting uh, getting in the home stretch now. Did you watch any of that, Brett? I, I had a quick glimpse of Ulla's test uh, in, in Neumunster. I mean, Neumunster is a wonderful show. It's a it's a really traditional old German show. It's held in the well, last time I was there anyway, it was held in the the sort of the older facility, um, and it's an older facility, and it's really got a a lot of prestige about it, and um, Look, I know Ulla Salzgeber very well. She was the Australian coach in 2005-2006, and I know Herzog Zerber quite well as, as well because I went and worked for Ulla for, for a while, and I just love that horse. And and I always knew when I was with Ulla and and um, watching her train him, and that was around about medium level or M level, uh, that this combination was going to was going to take. The world by storm. It just had to, to take time and wait. He's a big horse, and um, he's just exciting and only getting better and better every start. 
um, Ulla Solskjaer is just one of the best competitors in the, the world. She, a lot of Ulla's tips uh, as to how to ride the Grand Prix are still are still a very big part of my game plan uh, when I set up a game plan for a test. Ulla is incredibly clever, incredibly intelligent, and and rides with discipline and and is the, the consummate professional. So um, it's good to see her back on top. It's good to see uh, the German machine is stronger now. I mean, we talk about Helen Langen-Harnenberg. She, with Damon Hill, the reports I'm getting from there is that's a very exciting combination. That They're just clicking. Um, Helen's hungry. She's young. The horse is, is, a, is, is a quality horse and looks like he's really getting his head around the Grand Prix as well. So it's exciting times for Germany coming for, going forward to... Um, to London. Yes, they'll be relieved that they have that horsepower because of the recent uh, Dutch dominance there. Uh, well, they'll all be to play for, as I said, Brett. You know, they're going off to Sweden, to Gothenburg. That's February 24th through 27th for round nine of the Reem Accra FEI World Cup, Western European League, of course, that we're talking about. And then round 10 will be at Togenbosch in the Netherlands from March 24th to 27th. And not forgetting the finals, which uh, are also uh, the finals for the jumping, the World Cup jumping finals, they take place in Leipzig, Germany, from April 27th through May 1st. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it this year because it coincides with the Rolex Kentucky three-day event in the Kentucky Horse Park where we will be bringing you live daily coverage on the eventing radio show. So, unfortunately, it can't be everywhere, but, you know, it gets, starts to get busy now and I know uh, the uh, World Cup is going to be very... Uh, you know, people are going to watch that as an indicator for how people are in the form are... Uh, the form is going into the outdoor season, Brett. Yeah. Yeah, look, this year we've got the European Championships in Rotterdam. Um, I'm hoping to be there for those. They've got a national show the week before, which is something, which is a show that I'll be discussing with Edward, whether I should try and be a part of that national show um, this year. But I'd love to be there for the Europeans. The Europeans will be... Look, everybody's excited about London. It's a very short trip for the Europeans. Um, it's a long trip for us, but everything's a long trip for us, so we don't mind. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the Europeans are getting very wound up for this London Olympics. They're, they're going to be at their best um, for these. So the Europeans is, is just a nice little hit out. It's a nice chance for the teams to get together again from um, from Kentucky and just put their goals in place and, and, get, and hopefully work out their strengths and weaknesses working forward to London. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll be watching all of that with interest. And as you said, the season is starting to unfold. So have you started to dig out the show clothing and equipment for the spring season only to discover that it's finally beyond repair? Well, there's an easy solution to that problem with a visit to equestriancollections.com. They have the latest in spring and show clothing for you, your spouse and your kids at prices you can afford. Not only do they have a great selection, wonderful prices, and, of course, a state-of-the-art website that is what you get when you're looking at Equestrian Collections first for all your spring and showing needs. So don't forget, visit them at equestriancollections.com, and we value their sponsorship, as always, here on the Dressage Radio Show. Well, as I mentioned um, Shauna, Shauna Harding is our guest this week for the first time on the show, Brett, and she's her, had a wonderful start to the season down there in, in Florida in her campaign to make it onto the 
Pan American team. And of course, uh, like as you said, everybody's got London on their mind already. And Shauna had the added bonus of winning a nice prize of $25,000 from the Carol Lavelle uh, Dressage Foundation uh, fund recently. So I was able to catch up with Shauna and find out how she's going to spend that $25,000. Well, Shauna, hi. Welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Well, I'm glad you could join us. I know you're very, very busy down there in Florida. And uh, I want to first of all congratulate you on winning that prestigious Carol Lavelle uh, Dressage Prize from the Dressage Foundation, $25,000. Has that sunk in yet? Um, Well, I've applied for it over the past three years, and I guess third time is a charm. Um, I have known Carol for many, many years. Um, Saw her actually ride gifted in Barcelona when I was there with Anna Merfeld from Ireland. And... um, She's just created a foundation to help riders that are in need of some assistance to further themselves and to afford possible travel to Europe and training with uh, European trainers with the horses that they have now. And I am just feeling very blessed um, to have won this fantastic award um, this year. So I'm hoping that it's going to catapult us uh, into the European scene so we can get on with uh, Pan American Games and then hopefully on to London. Well, big ambitions, of course, but going to Europe is... Uh, you're not a stranger to Europe, I should say. You've spent some time in Germany in in, uh, in your um, dressage career, Shauna, and with, with different trainers. So would you be going back to the people that you've worked with before? What What's the plan? Well, um, unfortunately, Dr. Reiner Klimke, who I worked for for a few years, um, is deceased. Um, so I'm not quite sure where I'm going to go yet. I am in the process of researching, and that's going to be kind of dependent on how quickly I have to go because I'm still in contention now for World Cup. So if the World Cup is a definite, then I'll be heading over there at the end of March, beginning of April, and we'll be looking for a competent coach and trainer to help me get through World Cup. And uh, then beyond, I'll probably stay then through Aachen. Um, if the World Cup doesn't work out, then I will be waiting until after Gladstone and hopefully, better yet, after Mexico with Rigo uh, for the Pan American Games, and we'll be going over in the fall. So I have those two plans um, that are in the works, and we just have to wait and see what the uh, outcome is for World Cup qualifications and go from there well you talked about Rigo of course he's one of two horses you have would you take both of him and come on third to Germany yes um, both horses have to go definitely because Rigo is uh, in the process of qualifying or is now qualified um, for Gladstone for the selection trials to go to the Pan American Games and of course I'm prepping come on to get better and better in the Grand Prix, and he is in the running for World Cup. So both horses would have to travel to Europe, which is going to be somewhere between thirty and $35,000, um, probably just an airfare round trip for those horses. So wow. 25000 is a big help, <laughs> yes. but I'm going to have to go out and generate some more it's sponsors and people. Well, you mentioned, come on, you own Come On, I believe, but Rigo is owned by Tanya Rao. 
Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And and so, and yeah. how many how many horses then do you do you have? I know you've been doing very well down there in, in Florida already, taking some uh, ribbons along the way. And uh, what other horses do you have in competition? If you took those two, how many would you be leaving behind that are in work? Well, I have a lot of clients back in Aiken, um, so income would definitely be impacted greatly. Um, I have eight horses down here, one of which has come on, um, three of which are client horses and five of which are in-training kind of competition horses. Um, so, And then I have horses that are still in Aiken that can't afford to come to Florida that I usually do the other three quarters of the year up there, and there are four horses up there right now that I left behind. So that's a lot of horses to not have and not have the income from um, to be away, especially for that amount of time. But, you know, we I have the two horses that are going so fabulously that I've trained since they were five, and um, I can't really pass up this once-in-a-lifetime, you know, opportunity to go over and to have this really kind of fulfilling dreams of having your own horse that you brought up to Grand Prix and one horse that's knocking on the door that you've brought, you know, through developing horse and now into the international small tour um, so successfully. I really can't pass up the opportunity to take them now to Europe and um, get some good training and good indoor-outdoor competition exposure for them in front of the international judges in Europe, which is a lot different than over here, um, venue-wise and just, you know, overall intense competition um, to be setting us up for these bigger team events. You know, that's everybody's dream is to be on the team, and that's definitely one of my dreams. So I'm hoping that's going to come through in the next couple years. So who are you coaching with uh, down there in Florida, Shauna? You mentioned, of course, that you train with the late uh, Dr. Anna Klimker and uh, and I also believe mm-hmm. with a Danish trainer in, in Europe. But who do you work with whilst you're here? Um, I have a Dutch trainer. His name is, is Ruel Sionsen, and he trained, obviously, in Holland um, with Hink van Bergen and um, also with uh, Peter Esco. Um, and... He coaches me down here. Um, I think we've been probably a team for one year, one solid year. Um, and he helps me with Come On and Rego at the competitions, um, just getting us sharp and ready to go in and show our best, um, which sometimes is a challenge, <laughs> getting all the pieces put in the right place before you go in. But um, the weather has been a definite factor down here in Florida this season between the cold and the rain and just the conditions haven't been ideal. Uh, in between, it's been really, really hot. And for the competitions, for some reason, it's very, very cold and rainy. So you're training in, in one kind of situation and then you end up having to go and compete and warm up and train in a totally different one so it's been um it's been challenging but the horses have really been doing well so i'm pleased you know rigo's been either first or second in all of his cdi competitions and this is his first year starting the i1 and i1 freestyle and um come on second year at grand prix and uh so he's he's been in the top three or four um in both CDIs, so he's been he's been really good. So we're we're definitely making progress. 
Well, you mentioned Aiken is your regular or summer home, I guess, in South Carolina. How long do you spend down in Wellington each year, Shauna? I usually spend three months um, in Wellington, usually come down mid-December and leave normally after the Derby, but we're going to be leaving right after the Masters um, this year. And um, then I go back to Aiken normally and stay there throughout the spring, summer, fall and just do competitions um, basing myself out of Aiken. Of course, last year was a little bit different because we had to go from Florida to do Kentucky Cup because Come On was still in kind of WEG contention and then go back to Aiken and then up to Lamplight and then over to Gladstone and then back down to Aiken and then back up to Devon. So we definitely put some miles on the truck, that's for sure. Absolutely. So, who do you have on your team then? If you've got, how many horses would you have? Any grooms? What What does um, the Harding team look like when full, and and when when you have the full squad together? Of horses. Of horses and grooms and train. Yes, both. Oh, it's just me. It's me, and I have a girl that's a working student for me. Um, and then I have Tanya and Mike, who own Rigo, and my husband Brian. It's just us. We do everything. Self-contained team there. So uh, obviously a, an important year for you. you. You're obviously bidding to get on the team for the Pan American Games and, and also want to catch the selectors eye for, for London. Um, this would be the first for you, Shauna. I mean, obviously important to you in, in your career. Um, do, you, do you find now that you're, focus, you're focused exclusively on the competing or do you have some time to do some training as well? Do you rely on teaching as well as, as part of your livelihood? Yes, definitely. Um, I do have to support Come On, um, and it is a very cost-intensive sport. So to being able to afford even to come down to Florida and leave, you know, a lot of clients behind, I have to save up quite a bit throughout the year because everything is just double down here. It's it's very, very expensive um, to stay down here just for the three months between, you know, housing and renting the stable and, and um, or I rent boxes, I don't rent a whole stable, um, and having paddocks and things for the horses because my horses do get turned out. Um, it's, uh, it's quite cost intensive. Um, so I do rely quite a bit on teaching. Um, I have three client horses down here that I teach um, and then a fourth that the lady comes sometimes and rides. Um, but the rest are primarily other people's sales horses that I take on and, and compete for them a little bit and they sell them or, um, you know, I, I really would like to do what I did in Germany and I did a lot of things with uh, young horses. So I, I'm really like getting the horses in when they're four or five, six years old and then bringing them up to the pre-St. George Grand Prix level. And then normally the owners either take over the ride or they get sold. Um, that's kind of a blessing and owning come on myself is that, I can determine what I want to do with my horse. So it is an expensive luxury to have, but it is very fulfilling to actually own your own horse and have made your own horse on your own. So that's that's what I enjoy doing is the training, the riding. Well, there's a few more weeks left to go of the season down there in Wellington. What's on your schedule, Shauna, for the rest of the year? What competitions will be, sorry, I mean in, in Wellington, what will you be doing with those two horses? We have the uh, Palm Beach Derby coming up, and come on, we'll be doing um, the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix Freestyle. 
and that will give us um, our three scores, which will then give us one drop score for our World Cup qualifying. And then Rigo will be doing um, one more pre-St. George and Intermediaire, and then he will have one drop score for Gladstone. Um, and then Come On is going to do either the CDI three-star or the CDI five-star for the Masters, just depending on, you know, the invitations, how they kind of pan out on, on who's actually coming for the Masters or not. So um, that's the week directly after the Derby. And then um, my time's up down here, and I have to head back to Aiken. Back to the north. So hopefully it will have warmed up by the time you have to uh, do that, <laughs> Shauna. And uh, obviously a busy summer season ahead of you as well. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us and congratulations again on winning that prestigious uh, Carol Lavelle Award and good luck for the spring and for the summer plans and your team prospects. Thank you, thank you. Well, uh, thanks again to Shauna. We wish her the very best of luck with that. Um, you know, what, what an absolute boost to any rider's ambitions, Brett, to win that kind of... Uh, fun, you know, uh, scholarship or prize. Do you have anything similar down under? No, we don't. Um, look, I just would like to put forward my thanks to Carol Lavelle and her generosity just on behalf of the dressage world because without people like Carol, uh, people like Shauna can't travel and, and further her career and, and, um, advance herself i mean we're all out there for good dressage and no matter whether it's australian or american or european we just like to see the sport done well so i'd like to say that we had something here um unfortunately we don't we have a i want to say we have a very good federation here i met with them during the week and they are very, very united in their in their pictures in their in their, their, their mental picture going forward. They've got seven new seven new um, seven new um, strategies going forward, and um, they are very, very. It's very exciting, I must say. The federation is taking a real a real um, step forward for us, and 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 we're. They're, sort of joining party with um, a, a big event organisation and they um, are taking the sport forward. So it's very exciting times for the Australian Federation and for, for our, well, our equestrian sports in Australia. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, that, that they're, they're, but the, the inspiration also comes from success too, from riders like yourself and Rachel, you know, who are doing so well and, 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 and uh, um, Haley, that all, all of you top riders that are doing so well at both at home and overseas are a great inspiration to the, to the young and upcoming riders and to those that are uh, trying to make the team. You know, it, it's a kind of a chicken and egg, isn't it, Brett? You know, yeah, you need is. that. I mean, we'd like to be based in Europe, but it's important that we that we stay in Australia and bring the sport back to Australia. Keep bringing what we find as as um, uh, information in Europe, and keep bringing it back to Australia. Yeah, and well, that's it, exactly. It, it's it's got to circle back around, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it has to. And, I mean, we'd love to be based in Europe, but we we um, have to um, have to keep bringing it to Australia because that's the only place we can grow it from home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, we've got a great tip from you coming up in just a second. But before we get to that, I want to remind you when Osman were asked what they were looking for in a nutritional supplement, the answer was easy for one. It was one that was affordable, effective and scientifically proven. Kentucky Performance Products took that message to heart and developed supplements that meet those needs. All of their supplements, from Nalox, Equine, Antacid to Summer Games, Electrolytes and Joint Armor, are formulated based on sound research. They're affordable and you can count on them to deliver results. To choose the right KPP supplement for your horse, visit kpp.com or call 1-800-772-1988. And of course, to learn more about horse nutrition and interact with experts at KPP, be sure to check out their Facebook fan page. Well, as I said, we've got a tip from Brett this week, and I think that underlying theme, Brett, of good horsemanship, I know you were playing with the dressage boys. I know you've tried so many things in your career. Maybe maybe you're going to have, have a go at four in hand next, but I think <laughs> the underlying well, message was that good horsemanship is, is key to any sport, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I mean, yesterday, as I said, I did this master, well, this clinic with Boyd Excel, and and. What really stands out there is is the horsemanship of these fellows in, in the foreign hand work and the fact that dressage in driving and dressage in ridden is exactly the same thereafter, exactly the same obedience, exactly the same way of going over the back, uh, the horse working from behind, pushing the shoulders uphill, uh, connected, steady the, to the connection, flexion and bending. It was very, very interesting to me. But what stood out for me when you hear Boyd Excel or when you put two great competitors in a room together, I suppose, is the fact that the horsemanship just stays the same. And I just would like to remind everybody, and, and it sounds stupid, but, I mean, simple things are always what we forget the quickest in this sport. We always like to take things and get them very complicated, but we have to remember that the horse is a very simple animal and they rely on clear and concise communication from us and um, patience and clarity of information. So whether it's a half-hot... I think a lot of these terms get lost in us trying to translate, let's say, a German language to English, and suddenly the the German words... Um, have this aura about them and people lose sight of the actual simplicity of the of the of the of what you're after and um and i just like to remember remind everybody that it, it's the, you know your horse must be obedient and it must be relaxed and it must be it must be happy in its work and it must understand what you are asking from it and and if it doesn't there's no point making the problem worse by more pressure or whatever it's best to 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 back off and really check yourself and make sure that you are giving the right information for for this for the animal because they really they don't speak english they only rely on pressure and release and reward and um that just double check exactly what you're doing and if you want your horse to be quicker from the leg or or quicker from the half halt or quicker in responding to flexion and bending you have a clear sequence of aids that you must use, uh, you know, light, strongest, strongest, and then reward when you get the result. And it's just that simple, um, yet hard to do. And I think we get lost in the in the, the technical stuff rather than keeping it very simple and very basic and very 
clear. Um, I think that you know everybody knows that the horses just would prefer it when we do nothing. So always make the nothing the reward. And when you want something, that's the pressure. And when they give you what you're after, you give the reward and then do nothing again. And I think that it's that clear and simple. So um, yeah, tip of the week this week is just remember the basic horsemanship, whether it's dressage, driving, jumping, eventing. It's all about horsemanship. Well, it certainly is. That's a great tip. And I, I know our, our, rider, our audience appreciates that. And uh, if, if there's anyone out there who's wondering who Boyd XL is, because, you know, we're mostly dressage fans, I think, listen to the show, although they come from other disciplines too. But just to remind the Boyd XL, of course, is the double World Cup champion. He's the gold medalist from the Altec FEI World Equestrian Games last year. He's he's Australian, but he's based over in England. And uh, he, of course, will be um, competing at the, in Leipzig as well because the World Cup driving finals will take place at the same time um, over there in Germany as the dressage and the jumping. So it's going to be a real bonanza competition, that one. And I know yeah. he's got his hands full there, because, but he's had a fantastic season. And I think hasn't he won something like three out of six of these competitions and runner-up a few times as well. So he's, you know, he's got to be one of the, the favourites to take that title. Yeah. Yeah, look, he, he's really a dominant force at the moment. He has a, a great team behind him, and he has a very good outlook. It's all about the details, and um, and that's what we discussed yesterday. You know, the, these things just don't happen without attention to detail, and um, and he, he, he has that. There's no doubt. He's a very, very impressive fellow and um, and a good ambassador for, for, for um, the driving community. Yeah, well, but best of luck to him as well, and uh, a good message there to share with two champions, Brett and Boyd, the underlying principles of horsemanship. Well, thanks again to Brett, appreciate that. Um, I just want to remind you all of one of the ways that you can listen to the show. Are you tuned in to the Hallway Feeds iPhone app? Hallway Feeds is the Horse Radio Network's exclusive iPhone app, bringing you all eight shows wherever you are on the go, in the barn or driving to a show. It's another easy way to tune into your favorite program. Go to the App Store and download it today so you can listen anytime at Hallway Feeds. Well, that about wraps it up. Before we go, though, don't forget you can check out uh, all of our show notes here, dressageradio.com. You can uh, send me comments, questions, or suggestions, as always, chris at horseradionetwork.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter, Chris E. Stafford, or Horse Radio. And uh, we will put a link to Brett's website, as ever, brettparbury.com. They'll be on our show notes. And uh, we, uh, we're going to wave goodbye to Brett now, who heads for the airport. Going, what uh, Did you say Singapore to Amsterdam? Is that the, is that the route you... So, how many yeah. hours sleeping can you get in, Brett? Well, I'm hoping to get all 21, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to just break up, break that to do a bit of shopping in Singapore on the way through. Unfortunately, but uh-huh. I choose to go through Singapore. I, I like the airport and I like the airline, so that's mm. that's um, that's the way I go. And I've done it for quite a while that way, and really enjoy it. Well, let's let's give a plug to the airline. Which airline are you flying? Yeah, Singapore Airlines. Oh gosh, one of the yeah, best in Singapore the world. Singapore Airlines. Take some beating. <laughs> take some beating, Singapore Airlines. Well, I know you'll be comfortable. How long are you going to be in Europe, Brett? So I'm there for two weeks. 
and then I come back to Singapore, then I fly to Tokyo, and I do uh, a clinic with the Japanese young riders. You're not just going for the sushi? No, that's I'm going to practice, actually, while I'm there, is my sushi (laughs) eating. And and I have the wonderful Miyako Yagi uh, as as my tour guide. So Miyako is on the Japanese team from WEG, and yeah. um, and Miyako's promised me that she's going to show me the best sights of Japan. And knowing Miyako the way I know her, I'm in for a real treat. Wonderful. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to get, getting back in, in with the Japanese young riders. We host them. We normally host them here every year, and um, and this year I'm travelling to them. So I'm really looking forward to catching up with them all. They're one. They're wonderful people, and they're very very keen, and they love their horses which um, is all that matters to me. Well, that's great, Brett, and we look forward to hearing about that. When you come back on, hopefully you'll be able to tell us some stories of how long will you be in Tokyo altogether? In uh, so I'll be there for, for six days. Okay. And then I get back here in the middle of March, and then from then on I'll be building towards the Sydney CDI. Okay. So, yeah. so mid-March then we can look forward to catching up with you back on the show? Yeah, I'd love to. I hope so. Well, very safe travels. Um, enjoy what you can of the, the catching up on your sleep time and uh, and the shopping in Singapore on the way. And then, yeah. the, of, of, of course, your ride time with Lord Loxie, whatever important. Yes, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I can't wait to, to get back on him and see how he's going and, and, um, and try and get the, the instruction manual from Edward and let him get, see, um, see how it goes. Well, uh, that would be a very interesting instruction manual coming from you, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Whether I can do it or not, I'm not sure, but we're (laughs) hoping. (laughs) All right, well, the best of luck, uh, Brett. Um, Of course, I will be back here at the same time, same place next week. So until then... Thank you very much, and thanks to everyone. And and really, remember, safety comes first. And and when you're you're riding, please remember to to wear your helmet and and, um, have the chin strap done up tightly and... And and everybody, please keep safe.